Have you ever thought you were climbing a mountain? Huge obstacles in life take on different forms and shapes. They can be finances, health issues, clutter, relationships, work, or just life in general. Those obstacles have a tendency to start as molehills and become mountains over time. Many times, we do not put those mountains in our lives on purpose. They just seem to happen. But what happens when we do put those mountains in front of us on purpose? Last weekend, Julie, Savannah, Julie's dad, and I got to witness what happens when 110 souls decided to run up and down a mountain that they put in their life on purpose. We witnessed these 110 runners competing in the last runner standing ultramarathon where these athletes truly began climbing mountains with mindset, heart, and dedication. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Welcome to our Small Scale Life. Julie and I are here to inspire you to build a life you love on your terms. Learn to thrive and not simply survive. Learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day. Hey all, this is Tom. I hope you're doing really, really well as we roll into another great weekend. I have to say, this weekend is going to be a little different than last weekend. And you might be saying, well, why is that? So last weekend, we were in Duluth, Minnesota to be a road crew for my son, Danny, my brother-in-law, Dave, and Danny's friend, Ty, as they competed in the last runner standing ultramarathon. You might be saying, what is that? What's an ultramarathon? So in this post, I'm going to talk about the following topics. I'm going to talk about what is an ultramarathon, provide a little definition for you. I'll talk about the last runner standing ultramarathon and I've made some observations about the ultramarathon community just from attending a few of these ultramarathons and seeing people interact and the runners themselves. We'll talk about the winners. And yes, there were some winners in this. I mean, I think every runner that was out there was a winner, but there is definitely some clear cut champions that went the distance in this ultramarathon. And then we're going to close. We're going to have my son, Danny, and David, Julie's brother, my brother-in-law, talking about the race and looking forward to the next marathon, even though they were sore, they were in pain the day after the race. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to let them talk and speak in their own words. And then we're going to bring them on for another podcast in the near future. I want to get their perspective on this race because I think that'll be very, very interesting. Are you ready? Let's go. So what is an ultramarathon? For many of us, running down the block is a major accomplishment, sad but true in the current state of America. For others, the laurels of victory is running a marathon. This is usually a road race that is 26.2 miles long. Legend has it, and according to Wikipedia, that marathons instituted in commemoration of the fabled run of Greek soldier Philodipides, a messenger from the Battle of Marathon to Athens, who reported victory. Legend also has it that Philodipides died after running his race and declaring victory. He declared victory to the Senate is where the word Nike comes from as well. Of course, I like to kid Danny that the first guy that ran a marathon died, so there's that. For others, a marathon is not challenging enough. They need adventure and a bigger Everest to climb. A marathon is a significant hill, but they want to push the limits and face the mountain. This special breed of runner is the ultramarathoner. 
The ultramarathon is a foot race longer than 26.2 miles, if you can believe it. According to Wikipedia, there's two types of ultramarathon events, those that cover a specified distance and events that take place during a specified time, with the winner covering the most distance in that time. The most common distances are 31 miles, 50K, 50 miles, and 80K, and 100 miles, 160.9K, although many races have other distances. Yes, friends, there are people in this world that actually think that running 50 miles or 100 miles is fun and it's something to want to do whenever possible. So what is the Last Runner Standing Marathon? The Last Runner Standing Ultramarathon is the second type of ultramarathon. It's an event that takes place during a specified time with the winner covering the most distance in that specified time. Runners have 60 minutes to complete a 4.2 mile loop and if the runner fails to finish in that 60 minute period, they are eliminated. The winner of this race is the last runner standing. It could be at the 20 mile mark, it could be at the 50 mile mark, it could be at the 100 mile mark or the 150 mile mark. The winner is determined by who completes the course and is not eliminated. And there is no distance limit. They could be running for days. According to the Last Runner Standing Facebook page, runners can complete the course at whatever pace they choose, but they must finish the race and be ready to start the next race within 60 minutes. A new 4.2 mile race will begin every hour on the hour. So at 10 a.m., then again at 11 a.m., at 12 p.m., and so on, until there is only one runner left standing. If a runner fails to make it to the start line at the top of the hour, the runner is eliminated. They can quit at any time. While this sounds challenging enough, there is a serious catch, a significant catch. The 4.2-mile race loop is up and then down Spirit Mountain Ski Hill in Duluth, Minnesota. Yes, you heard me right. It's up and then down Spirit Mountain Ski Hill in Duluth, Minnesota. According to my son Danny and and the Facebook page, it was 700 feet of elevation gain per loop up Spirit Mountain. So for those of us who are not local, Spirit Mountain is called The Puker by local mountain bike groups that use a hill in the skiing off-season. Yes, they seriously call it The Puker, and these guys and ladies are going to be running up and down the mountain as part of this race. So we had three runners that were in this race, and that was Danny, David, and Ty. My son Danny ran a 50-mile race during the insane Minnesota blizzard in April 2018. He ran 50 miles in blinding snow, up steep slopes, through mud, and against 70-mile-per-hour winds in a blizzard, mind you. It was an incredible race, and at the end, he finished in second place for 50-mile Zumbro Endurance Run. With the Zumbro Endurance Run under his belt, Danny got his first taste of running an ultramarathon as a competitor, and he wanted to push himself to the next level. He completed the 12-hour Loop It Lopper and came in first place after running 61 miles. He even beat some relay teams, and those teams had several different runners making up the team, and they would switch off to have fresh legs every few laps. For 2019, Danny looked at an ultramarathon race in Wisconsin. He picked one near Whitewater, Wisconsin, but it was sold out before he could register. Looking closer at home in Minnesota, he found the last runner standing race in Duluth, Minnesota, and decided to enter. In the meantime, Danny had convinced his uncle Dave, Julie's brother, to consider running ultramarathons, but Dave was running a lot of marathons in Texas. 
David agreed to run with Danny for portions of the 100-mile race in Wisconsin, but when that fell through, David agreed to run with Danny during the last runner-standing ultramarathon. Meanwhile, Danny connected with his high school friend Ty, who was getting back into running. Danny somehow convinced Ty to run in this ultramarathon. Even though Ty had never run a marathon, he decided to give it a shot. The three runners had very different goals and preparations for the race, and we'll cover that in a future podcast with the actual runners. That'll be a really interesting podcast. I think you'll get a lot out of that. You'll get a peek into the mind of an ultramarathoner and a marathoner, so it'll be a lot of fun. But let's talk about the ultramarathon community a little bit. As I've witnessed Danny's training and the runners in this and other races, I made some observations about the ultramarathon runners and their community. First, planning and training. Failing to plan is planning to fail. No one gets up one day and decides to run 100 miles or climb a mountain, or do both for that matter. The only way to get up to that level is to go through solid planning and training. Runners need to come up with a plan for training to run that distance (laughs) over those hills and getting enough proper nutrition during the race and changing weather conditions. It's a lot to think about, especially over days of running. There's dedication, habits, and mindset. To run these kind of distances in this incredible terrain with variable weather conditions, you have to train your body and your mind. You have to dedicate yourself to the task, develop habits through continuous practice and training, and adopt a can-do and never-say-die mindset. Nothing can stop them. David Goggins is absolutely correct. You have to adopt a can't-hurt-me attitude and core belief. There is some insanity of the ultramarathon community. Who are these people? Where do they come from? they got to be a special breed. While I could sit and write and podcast for hours, and it's taken me a while to write this, and record this and edit and all the other good stuff, they love to challenge themselves physically. This is the stuff of legends that our ancestors wrote stories, songs, poems about in the ancient world. These people love to work out no matter what. Some work out twice a day. They get that workout in no matter what time they have to get up or what the conditions are like outside. Danny was out running in minus 20 degree weather. He was up at the crack of dawn before work and he ran after work. It was just amazing. There they are running and pushing themselves the limit. And to them, it's normal to do so. To not push yourself to the limit is a failure. It's incredible. It's just a different mindset altogether. I think the Navy SEALs have this kind of mindset too. It's, it's a pretty amazing thing. But there's also a kindness and openness of the ultramarathon community. All of the people we have met and talked with at these races have been incredibly kind and open. From the organizers to the volunteers, the runners, road crews, and the fans, everybody has been really great. I'm sure there's some attitude out there. I'm sure there's some cockiness and swagger. But we talked with these folks and congratulated them on their efforts, shared in their misery, and cheered them on to the finish line. Through the Small Scale Life Instagram feed for this race, I've had conversations with Jesse Itzler. He was part of David Goggins' story. In fact, David Goggins trade Jesse for a while. Thanks, Rich Dirks. And runner Karina. She was the last woman standing at the race. Connected with her through Instagram. I think it's great. And while I think these runners are a bit off the rocker to do these extreme races, they're the people you want to be around. They get it done, no matter what. I think one of the biggest thing is creating the memories and the bonds that tight bond between the group. During the conversation that you will hear at the end of this podcast, you'll hear Danny say something profound to David. When I asked them what they liked most about the course, Danny said it was special running with David and making those memories together. This was the longest the two had run together. It was a really great memory to make that together. When we consider where we've been in the past, this statement really hits home. It was all worth it. Everything was worth it. If nothing else, it was was worth it to just have these moments now 
and in the future. And this is what it's all about, making memories and bonds with people who are close to you, sharing that mindset, and living life to the fullest together. Well put, Danny. Well spoken. Love you guys, especially you, young man. So let's talk about the winners. <laughs> yeah, there are some winners. Oh my gosh. I think everybody who did it was a winner, but there are some people who were the last people standing in this ultra marathon. I would like to congratulate all the winners, all the runners, and definitely the winners. It was amazing. I can't believe the conditions of the trail. It was like going straight up and straight down. It's just amazing terrain in Duluth. While we were there, we had just incredible weather. So I have to congratulate the overall race winner and the second place finisher. The winner was a gentleman named Brandon Johnson who ran 129.27 miles in 31 hours. That's like running from my house to just south of Duluth in 31 hours. Isn't that incredible? Through the night, through the heat, through the rain, they ran it. The second runner up was Brian Corgard with 125 miles in 30 hours. Incredible. Just to put this accomplishment in perspective, at the end of the race, remember, there's 700 feet of rise and fall during this race. So Brandon Johnson climbed 24,300 feet. Let's put this in perspective. Mount Everest is 29,029 feet. It's only 4,800 feet or so higher than Brandon's effort during the race. He ran up Mount Everest during this ultra marathon. I think you guys are nuts. It's simply amazing, but it's nuts. It's incredible. So congratulations. What a feat. I can't even fathom that. And I also wanted to shout out to runner Karina, who finished 54.2 miles in 13 hours. She was the last woman standing in this ultra marathon. So congratulations, runner Karina. Best of luck to you in future races. And congratulations to all who ran this race. If you ran one lap, if you ran 30, you're truly amazing. There are no words to describe this accomplishment. So let's let's finish up this podcast by letting the the runners talk about it in their own words. I really miss, I, I miss some really great discussion between Danny and David on Sunday after the final runner completed the course. So I decided to ask them some questions about the race and running. Of course, I missed the really good stuff that I really wanted to get. They answered my questions, and they were incredibly sore after the race. They started looking ahead at the next race, the Twin Cities Marathon in October this year. So this is raw, unscripted audio from our living room in our house in Minneapolis. And I can't wait to get them on the show to talk about this race in more detail. So you can get a peer into the mind of an ultra marathon runner and a marathon runner and extreme athlete. So stay tuned for that. I think there's going to be a lot we can learn for somebody like me who doesn't run. So stay tuned for that. It'll be a really great show. And I just really want to say that I'm proud of all the people who ran that race. I'm really proud of our three guys, Danny, Ty, and David. I'm so thankful that they came out of it without serious injury. I'm really excited to see them run in the next race, and I just have a lot of love for all of them. And a special thanks to Savannah and Jules and Gramps for all their help on this trip and in this crazy, crazy race. It was really a great experience. So I'm going to stop right now, and I'm just going to play the audio, and then we're going to play a tune from Audio Machine on, on YouTube. It's called Leap of Faith, and it's really, I like to listen to the song sometime when I'm warming up to do this podcast, and it just kind of captures the 
the feeling I have for these guys in this run. So with that, remember to learn, do grow, be a little better every day. You know, you don't start running 100 miles. You don't start losing the weight. You don't start to get yourself out of the debt and the clutter. You start with the little things each and every day consistently with the right mindset. Start small and big. Adidas Graziosi says this, you'll overestimate where you are in a year, but you'll underestimate where you are in 10. You'll look back at that 10-year period and you'll look back and go, my God, look at how far we've come. So always keep that in mind. Rome wasn't built in a day, but it takes moving that first stone to start building. So let's get after it, lifers, and let's hear these runners in their own words. Well, I mean, I did the Austin Marathon. I got a 250. So I'm thinking if I sign up for Twin Cities, an Austin Marathon is a lot harder than Twin Cities. Because like hills and stuff. Because yeah, there's, there's like, uh, what was it, like 600 feet of elevation? Rollers. Yeah. And the Twin Cities is pretty flat, so I'm thinking I could... Twin Cities, you just have your last six If miles. I trained just for the marathon for the next three, four months, I could probably... You struggled at one point on the Minnesota, or the Twin Cities marathon. What was that? You cramped up or something like that, right? For which one? The first one I did? Yeah. The first one. Yeah, I mean, I I had never ran more than, what, a half marathon, Jesus I think, Christ, was the longest. You fast that car was going. I know. They were flying. But, um... <laughs> you ran, like, a PR And I, I ran a PR half marathon, and I didn't eat anything. I don't think I ate anything at all. Yeah. Like, no gels, no You were a zombie afterwards. Yeah. You're like in a. Well, I think both of us were hurt. You were. That was both, that was both of our first marathons. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? It's not one. easy. No, I know. I hurt more right now. I've just done a six a six miler. That's my ex- extent back in the day. Dude, right now I'm hurting worse than that day. Than the yeah. marathon? Yeah. Yeah. First marathon. Yeah. Just. I actually feel nails. like physically I feel okay. It's just. Stupid stomach did not hold up. Yeah. Yeah, Danny, that was bad. <laughs> so, what was the best part of it? Yesterday. Of yesterday? Yeah. The view at the top. The view at the top? So cool. What do you think, D? Um, probably running with you. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was sweet. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see. So we made and it. And Ty running with Ty. Yeah. For I days. mean, think about it, the whole weekend just. That weekend wouldn't have happened if we didn't do that. You know, it was an awesome weekend. That was an awesome weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weekend fun. never happened if we didn't try it. So Danny and I doing six laps together was the longest we'd ever run together by mm-hmm. two miles. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally cool. Well, I think well, it helped you, you go a little slower, too, Mr. You were Adrenaline. together the whole time at the marathon. <laughs> Which I honestly don't that know. That's a good thing. We've ran a 22. I don't know. Training for it, my that oh, race was extremely hard because I could never just go. I like just going. And that race, you just constantly had to start, stop, start, stop. Yeah. 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 roll. You just couldn't get into a good rhythm. like, And it was like a line of people, like that Everest line of people. Yeah. Just a line of people moving. Just like God, that was my analogy. Yeah, I stole it. That it was like the people waiting to go up Everest. Yes, it looked exactly like that walking. 
And then you got Whoa. someone right on your ass. My favorite part of the marathon was listening to Danny talk to the Mormon dude. Oh my god. <laughs> For 12 miles. He, he just kept talking and kept talking. About kept, what? He was talking about how good of shape he used to be in. And, <laughs> and he, he made it to pass the marathon. I think he did. Six. No, he made it 36 miles. What? Yeah, oh, I swear to God. He made it 36. <laughs> well, he was like, I'm just gonna run the race to, cause I want to get. He was like, I, I got kind of fat. And he's and, trying to get in shape again. And I'm like, so oh, this is a way to do it. it. Yeah. And Holy I'm like, boy, yeah. Jesus, man, you're already at mile like 20. What are you going for? It, at first, we talked to him on like lap two. He was like uh, a few laps. Yeah, a few laps. And he still kept. And I kept seeing him. He was a really nice dude. Which guy was he? Uh, would you know what he looked like? Yeah, I would know what he looked yeah, like. Picture wise. Mm. He had a shirt off a lot of times. Dave, this race. How do you know he was Mormon? Was he talking to you about being Mormon? Yeah, he was talking about Mormon stuff. Youth group. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. That's yeah. one of the cool experiences. Like, I love the whole race mentality because mm -hmm. people are just so nice, kind, and excited. And well, nobody wants. Everybody wants everyone to succeed they don't right. want to people to fail like a lot so you get into some of the shorter races and it's so competitive and people just you know want to win i realize as a as a spectator we need to get cowbell more cowbell cowbell, cowbell baby because <laughs> then we don't have to clap dude we can hear her. you all yeah we can hear your dad <laughs> oh, yeah. i can hear you yeah. yeah good job runners <laughs> you were as loud as the guy with the megaphone. I think you were louder. I, I honestly think you were. He was louder. Yeah, that was a great race director, though. That guy. Yeah, that he guy was, was good. Life. What a he champ. Was, he. Was, I mean. Oh, he did that all night long. I don't think he, did he sleep. I don't no, know. He didn't go to bed. That's crazy. Because they had some of the night clips, and he was still talking to the runners. And he was know? happy and enthusiastic. Though. Yeah, the entire yeah. time. And was that his wife? Yeah, she yep. was there. She was really nice too. Did she run? No, she I don't think so. Sure all, all the runners came in and out because they have to. They have to. Every, yeah. They mark account for everybody. Yeah, that's Make when sure they're asking me. The they're like, "Are you 21?" I'm like, "16." Oh, <laughs> super funny story to hear that. No. What? Well, you know, when I was running, I won the prize. Yeah. The and then they gave the six pack, and I was running, and I finished, and then. They gave me the stuff, and then they're like, wait, is he 21? <laughs> and then she's like, oh, I don't know, are you 21? And I'm like, no, I'm 16. Oh, because <laughs> your bib number, number was 16? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I was like totally out of it. And they're like, you're not 16. And I was like, oh, no, I'm 24. <laughs> <laughs> That's how out of it you get. Yeah. In the That's funny. <laughs> I was so confused. For the cure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got a carb load. <laughs> you carb loaded with too much tailwind. I guess. I don't know, man. You broke the number one rule, Danny. What's the number one rule? Never try. Don't try yourself. anything new on race oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah. But what are you gonna do, man? You got to take in calories. What would what? I mean, Gatorade. I've tried. I've done it before, and it's been fine. Your own tailwind mixture, though? No. <laughs> That's one of the tickets. I think you were too concentrated on your tailwind. You might have been. Probably. I don't know. What does it say on those packets? How much are, water are you supposed to mix it with? 
I think it said 16 ounces. <laughs> Where are they? So one, one gallon. Yeah, one gallon, <laughs> yeah, right? That's it might be. Right. I don't know. Go get one of those packets. I'm not going to get one. Are you, watch, are you watching that video? <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're crazy if you think you're gonna get 30 miles. Oh baby, it's coming. Dude, what race? Dave, how are you gonna get 30 miles in this? That's awesome. <laughs> the race we just did was uh, how many hours was that? Seven for me. Oh, it was only seven. So an extra five hours, to do one more and it's not as hilly, so I think, maybe. You're going to be soaked, though. Yeah, so you, if... What about, like, chafing? Or for blisters? This, for this one, I'm, you're supposed to wear a light wetsuit, actually. Oh what is gosh. it, Dave? Is this this race you're talking about? The one? The, the one I'm doing. The world's tough. Or the toughest mudder self. So I just want to know how in the hell someone was averaging a, what, seven minute mile Here's for, really or what was it for? For 24 like, hours. You did 110, right? Yeah. Literally, how? That seems like That's crazy. faster than what these guys are running. I know it is. And these obstacles look crazy. He's, he's just epically crazy. Let's see the fucking Terminator. Mm-hmm. He's the best obstacle racer there's ever been. <laughs> he's won it like four out of five years. On the la on last year's one, you had to do a forty foot free jump into a pool. <laughs> oh my what? god! Every time you went around. Oh, I've seen that. I've Although seen that, that might not. That. I mean, is that one of the obstacles? Yeah. I mean, that's not. You just jump, right? Yeah, but you you got to land feet first, and you pump that adrenaline way up every time you do it. Yeah, that'd be kind of sweet. I bet. I bet they get. I bet some of the people feed off that. There's a lot of monkey bar and crazy monkey bar ones. I like that. <laughs> so what lessons learned from this from this one? What would you do different? To do more? I don't know. Do this one different. different Is that the one in Dallas? I, I, I would have to uh, reevaluate my nutrition probably. Not do the tail. I don't know. I mean I, I think I think the crew would have to set up the tent. Not the runners in the swamp. <laughs> I was happy Honestly, if I was gonna go for a hundred, if I'm being honest, I would need to do it on some, something flatter. Like that, for a first hundred, going into a course like that, Yeah, it that's difficult. Is that I the one Dave was talking about in Dallas? Yeah, it's a tough, tough mother. I think you should do it. I think Scott's in, uh, Scott Poling's in Madison was I can't imagine that was too bad. Right. His, lots first, of, his first 100 was... Who's that? Your neighbor? Yeah, a neighbor in Illinois. Also, in, I, need, I Illinois think a race, like a medicine. point... I need to do like a point-to-point -point one, too. Yes. Not just do these damn loops, because it drives me... You've been doing a lot of loops. I, the loop yeah. races are mentally challenging, yes. because... You know, point to point, you're kind of like, well, I gotta keep going. Well, I don't I like these because you stop for ten minutes and you just you're not moving, and then you're just sitting there. You know. So maybe a lesson would have been go slower. Yeah. And not have a bigger, big gap so that you weren't just sitting there. That is interesting that the guys that lasted a long time really came didn't have much. 55, yeah, 55, came in around fifty-five. Yeah. Like, always were warm, then they didn't let themselves cramp well, you, up. You, so you run fast to get done in, what, 48, 49. So you're pushing it an extra six, seven minutes. 
So you're getting, I mean, for no reason, really. You get back and you just stand there, sit for four minutes, which right. probably makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. Because you get a little, you start getting tight. But it helped on the mind. Yeah. To get that ready for me. Oh, hey, man, uh, right, Lulu's out, so you might want to keep her down. But I think uh, I'm gonna, I really want to get that marathon well, line mind. down. There goes Lulu. <laughs> I think I want to focus on going fast while I still have some speed. Because if you keep doing these ultra races, it's very hard on your body. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Why not see how fast I can go? That looks pretty fun. So maybe pull back on the long distance stuff? No. Or I mean, pull back on the I, trail runs, the adventure trail runs. For right now, I mean, I'm going to probably sign up for Twin Cities Marathon. Focus yeah. on that, and then train for, see how fast I can do that. Maybe try and get down to like 240, maybe under 240 in the 230s, the high 230s, which could be possible. I mean, what do you think, Dave? You think I could get under around 240 yeah, at Twin sure. Cities? Ryan, you should make a lunch for tomorrow. For sure. So my goal would be to get There's, under 240. I don't know at Twin Cities. Still thought out for sandwich meat, but there is sandwich meat Would in you the do an freezer, Austin? I think. And then there's two fifty. Oh, but Austin's a lot back from harder. Night. You could slice up for a sandwich. And yeah, get that two forty. I think two forty is a reasonable goal. And I didn't train for it really at all. Like I, mm-hmm. I was just, I didn't do any speed work or anything. So if I just put together three months of training for it, The Grinch, the new one. Yeah, it's on Netflix. We're gonna watch it. We better mm-hmm. wait till it gets closer to Christmas, though. I do want to no, see it. No, you don't. Did but you I don't uh, want to see the Grinch in the summertime? <laughs> Christmas in jail. Did you trash your shoes? Um, the trash in the sense they all have a shit ton of mud. Yeah. But I think if I wash them, I mean, I think they're still one of them is probably ruined. But I mean. I wore four pairs of shoes, and they're all four pretty <laughs> beat up. Mm. But I think I can salvage three of them. Yeah, just clean them up. Yeah. What you're saying? He was trashed. I wore the same ones the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they don't really look like shoes right now. Yeah. Are you just gonna throw them away? No. No. They, it's just mud. They only have like fifty. Uh, 75 miles. Yeah, on. I was gonna say they now have 30 more miles on them. So I don't want to throw them away. Uh, but I also don't like putting them in the washing machine, so it's going to be some... Does idea. the washing machine ruin them? It's not good for them. You can do it, especially when they're this... There he is. Just one in the rain, dude. Yeah, run in the rain. Yeah, run I was actually rain. thinking that. Just do a quick 30 in the rain and wash it right off. Yeah. yeah. That'll be tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I mean, Wait, I didn't... Quick runs before you leave, Ty? Yeah, I'll probably knock out a quick 12 to 15 tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah, I'll be here at 4. <laughs> yes, I'm getting up at 3, so. Ryan's <laughs> starting a new job. You can get some in with us, too. There you yeah. go. He's going to start his training for the 10 mile. Yeah, we didn't hit upper body, so we can at least hit the J. Get a quick lift. I can't lift yet. Yeah. Otherwise, I would. I can lift yeah. this arm. Yeah, I can do that anyway. Just one arm. <laughs> We're not pushing. 